They're here, they've been here, and they're here again. In your case, I think you've been racked in the flagpole on too many times. Look, how do you know there's not a conspiracy? Look, maybe the X-Files is right. Hey guys, welcome back to Spooky Tuesday, a weekly podcast where we're breaking down all of our favorite slashers, thrillers, monster movies, and black comedies on the new scariest day of the week. I'm Sydney Thompson. I'm Monica Height. And I'm Chelsea Duff, and this week, as promised last week, we are talking about The Faculty, a 1998 film um, all about what happens at a high school when uh, the faculty start to behave a little strangely. And they do say that in, in such terms where they go, like, the faculty are behaving so strangely. Like, that's pretty much word for word, a direct quote from the movie. Like, they really uh, drop it in heavy. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but if you haven't seen this movie, I will do the IMDb summary for you real quick. Um, when Casey Connor, Harrington High School's newspaper photographer, witnesses the murder of a nurse and sees her alive again, he decides to investigate the bizarre happenings. Okay, first of all, what? I'm not saying that's an inaccurate summary on IMDb, but I also would say that is a very strange lens to position this movie. And I wish I had read that to myself before I read it on the record just now, because I would have found a, a different summary. Um, but but we'd seen this movie before. We'd actually all watched this movie before. Uh, how was your rewatch experience? Did I watch it with you guys the second Did you time? skip it? Were you yeah. not there that, that Spooky okay. Tuesday? Because, okay, for me, the first time I ever saw this movie, I'm in, I'm in a brag about it because I'm still so okay. excited that I went to this. I, I somehow got tickets to Phoebe Bridger's like Halloween party concert um, before the pandemic. I think it was in 2019. And so it was like a bunch of different artists performing and then Phoebe closed it out. But there was also like spooky maze, like a tiny little spooky maze. It's, it was at the bootleg and it was fucking awesome. Spooky maze. And then also in the other room, because there's like multiple like venue areas in the in the bootleg, there was a screen and they were playing movies. So I came like later and I walk in and there's this movie playing and I didn't know who was performing at that time or like it was in between sets. So I sit down and I start looking at this movie. I don't know. I'm like halfway through it and it's the faculty. And I was like immediately fucking hooked. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I was with my friend Hawk and he was like, you haven't seen this movie. It's insane. And so I just sat there for like, like at, it, Hawk was like, let's go do other shit. Cause there's other shit to do. And I was like, I can't leave. I have to watch the rest of this fucking movie. So that time I didn't see the beginning. And maybe that's why I didn't remember the, the whole fucking beginning of this movie. Like the first like 40 minutes, I was like, this is the first time my eyes have beheld this. <laughs> but I know we watched it together. So I'm really a little bit worried about myself at this point. I think that maybe there's an issue that I'm having with my mental The are being raised for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely a little alarmed, but I had a beautiful time <laughs> watching it this time around. Um, I, I'm so glad we're doing this on the pod. It's going to be a blast. This movie is wackadoo, like straight yeah. up, like from the plot, which is very like, 
invader of the body snatchers meets the Mm -hmm. breakfast club and also just like every 90s movie must be set in a high school there's nothing that the 90s loved more than a teen high school movie um we get josh hartnett who is very dreamy but also like so obnoxious and has one of the worst haircuts I think I've ever seen question mark (laughs) why is it sticking out like that on only one side like it's like he straightened just this this like part at the nape of his neck and it's just almost at a 90 degree angle from his head it's very impressive almost (laughs) you know how everyone is doing like the mullet these days with the shaved sides he like grew out specifically the sides so that they could come to a little pointy point is what he did. It's very counterculture of him. Honestly, I love it. He's playing against type in this film. It's very counterculture of him. Love it. But yeah, actually, um, yeah, Sydney, you're totally right. This movie is very Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the thing, etc. It has like a lot of homages to a lot of different movies that people involved with this film had worked on but also a lot of different like horror sci-fi movies in general but Mm. also what's really interesting is that um I don't think that we really necessarily gave much thought to where we put it in our schedule but to have it follow what lies beneath and it follows is actually like there's a lot there. Um, the the what lies beneath. We I played actually... that. What are you talking about, Chelsea? Uh, we planned that. <laughs> we clearly we, we planned that. Through. Okay. Yeah. This we always like to find thematically, a line. Thematically, it just like works, you know. No. Thematically, it just rolls one right into the mm-hmm. other. Um, what lies beneath is mainly just in uh, paranormal bodies of water being important to the plot, um, and also actors from Shondaland because we've got a. Uh, not going to say her name right, but but Famke Jensen in this movie. Um, she who, is so stunning in this, even though yeah, her is um, so funky. From How to Get Away with Murder. And as I mentioned, and What Lies Beneath, uh, Olivia Pope's dad, Rowan Pope, is in that movie. And he has um, a real name as well. And and that name is Joe Morton. Um, <laughs> but but the, the It Follows also is like the anybody around you acting a little suspicious like could be somebody you know could be a stranger um you get you get another pool scene an indoor pool scene um and may I just say also that like this film's influence on Diablo Cody writing Jennifer's body is very clear (laughs) oh very clear all the insults were so reminiscent of Jennifer's body but obviously this predates it but like like tit bitch all this crazy shit like I don't know gutter slut gutter slut yeah the John Stewart John Stewart first of all is in this movie John Stewart is hot and like a nice little goatee yeah I was like Um, deeply attracted to John Stewart in this and I was like this is a new feeling I I need to unpack this later (laughs) no time right now yeah We'll we'll get to that when we when we have a little more time. Um, but but John Stewart as the science teacher is very much the same vibes as J.K. Simmons in Jennifer's Body. You have a spooky indoor pool scene. You have people's bodies, um, kind of being consumed or taken over by a force beyond their control. You have the gutter slut of it all. Um, Delilah is is certainly 
part Jennifer Check, but also Gwen from Sky High, extremely Gwen from Sky High. Um, there's just the 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 DNA of this film. It's it's so clear to me that Diablo Cody watched this movie, sat down and wrote Jennifer's Body the next day. You know what I mean? It's its own thing. Jennifer's Body, a whole ass masterpiece. But the influences are are so clear in a way that. I didn't recognize when I first watched this movie last year, just because I hadn't seen Jennifer's body as recently um, as I have since we did it in June. And, and yeah, no, it's, that's a, that's a great observation. Yeah, it's, it's a clear reference. It's a clear fucking reference. A clear reference. <laughs> oh, it's just, yeah. And also I just, I didn't realize that this movie was Robert Rodriguez and I, you know, love him. And I've been trying to get us to do the whole um, double feature Planet Terror um, and Death Proof. Um, and Spy Kids 2, Island of the Lost. Bro, I'm on his page right now, too. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> he did Spy Kids too, But it, was he just the producer? Because that's like a different vibe. Was he also the director for Spy Kids 2? Oh, he did Zorro? Oh my God. I love him. Also. Okay. Also, it makes a lot of sense that Salma Hayek is in this now because he had just done from dusk till dawn Mm -hmm. before this movie. And then Salma Hayek's in this movie. And I was like, all right, it's all making sense. And it's the same era Salma Salma Hayek, obviously, because we know about years and time and age and she's the same similar age because these happen one right after another. But she's so fucking beautiful in this. Like, I can't every time they introduce a new character in this movie, you're just like, they're in this, this person. How are all of these people in the same fucking movie? Like Elijah Wood as the cutest little baby bean of all time. So sweet. And this is pre Lord of the Rings. Not only are are you going to say it? I'll let you say it. Excuse me. So rude. Well, the director was like the one that was like encouraging him to like audition for Lord of the Rings. He was like, no, you You should definitely try out for this. You can think of this movie. I'm so sorry. I just wasn't sure that you were going to say it. And then you said, and, and I was like, oh, she is going to say it. I'll back (laughs) off. Um, I just didn't want it to go without mentioning. It's so important. This movie gave us Elijah Wood in Lord of the Rings. Robert Rodriguez gave us Elijah Wood in in Lord of the Rings is what you're telling me. I am going to start a fan club for him. I'm going to put a picture of him on my wall. Also, he's pretty cute from what I'm seeing. So... Oh my God. Wow. Robert Anthony Rodriguez. Great name. Incredible. All right. Well, adding that to my list. (laughs) Okay. But yeah, just to go down the IMDb, here are some of the actors who are in this movie. You've got Jordana Brewster, and I believe her film debut. This is only Josh Hartnett's second movie. Clea Duvall is in this. Salma Hayek is in this. Famke Jensen. Um, the the john stewart elijah wood obviously usher is in this oh usher um, heat check usher, right there usher Damn. usher baby this might also be usher's <laughs> film debut yeah i mean but- he looks like he was literally just born and then put into this film he's so young in this he's so cutie yeah and i mean some of them went on to be in she's all that especially clea and usher i'm not sure if anybody else actually maybe just them um but it is, 
they've got the the mean guy from happy gilmore you know what i mean it's there's a lot of people here there's a lot of familiar faces in this movie and what's really interesting is that for some of them it was like before those other movies you know what i mean it again usher was usher at the time still um but it was his first movie josh hartnett's second movie georgiana brewster's first movie um and it was one of those things where they kind of like got lucky that it ended up in hindsight being a stacked cast um they certainly tried to make it a stacked cast because this this movie was very much riding screams coattails in the sense that they had tried to the original writers had tried to get it made already and nobody was biting and then after scream was such a success um certain unnamed hollywood producers were like yeah exactly scream three of it all um certain unnamed hollywood producers were like oh we gotta ride that wave let's bring on kevin williamson to rewrite this movie um and and it'll be the next scream high school it's like an homage to alien films rather than an homage to slashers um and they had some good raw materials there but for whatever reason it just didn't come together people just like didn't vibe with it um and Jordana Brewster actually obviously went on to be in the Fast and the Furious movies. And when F9 came out earlier this year, she did an interview with Collider um, and they asked her about the faculty. And she was like, I think it was more like we all thought we were going to be these huge teen stars and not be able to walk down the street. And it didn't quite work out that way. Like they, <laughs> the way that they marketed this movie, the way that they did like a Tommy Hilfiger collaboration where yes. all the stars were in like a fashion that, campaign for Tommy Hilfiger. That's they truly really thought it was going to blow up and then it was a blip. Like so funny. So funny. So fucking funny. Poor, now it's like a beautiful guys. cult classic. Yeah. Cause like, I don't know what it is that makes this movie as fucking weird as it is. Like, I love this movie. I think it's awesome. But watching it, I'm just like, what is going on? Like, it doesn't all like the puzzle. It's like when you get a puzzle, if you were in the quarantine and you bought puzzles from bootleg places, you know about this, you get a puzzle and the pieces go together, but they don't actually really totally fit because it was poorly, <laughs> poorly made. You're, so you're like, it works. And I know these go together, but something's still wrong. Like that's how I felt about this movie. Um, but it was so wrong that it was right. Also, like, I wouldn't change a thing about it, but I just want to know. I would change some things about it. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Okay. I would change the fact that Claire Duvall's character is like, I'm just pretending to be a lesbian. This movie promised me myself. (laughs) Protect myself from getting too close to anyone by using their, weaponizing their homophobia against them. Like, first of all, this movie promised me a lesbian. Where is she? Give me one. Where is she? But it's okay. We do learn that uh, Mary Beth Louise Hutchinson has no lesbians in her lineage. No lesbianism is what she says. I have no lesbianism in my lineage. And also, bitch, as somebody who grew up like right outside of Atlanta, People from Atlanta don't have accents like that. It is a lie and she needs to do better. She's wow. from Atlanta the way that, that um, The Walking Dead took place in Atlanta. You know what I mean? Where it was like Atlanta Dead. adjacent. They go into the city 
twice maybe in yes. the entirety of so, the series here's the thing the walking dead is filmed like where i grew up <laughs> it's like filmed oh. right there Mary Beth, whatever, whatever you said her name is, she fully stole that that speech therapist that you went to that took your accent away, put it into her. No, no, that was in Ohio. Then we moved to Georgia. This movie takes place in Ohio, Sydney. (laughs) It does. Also, okay, wait, what the what is that quote in this movie that's so fucking funny? Like, why would they start the invasion in Ohio and they were like referring to it as like the back door of America? Or something like that. And I was just like, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Can't wait to roast Adam for this because my boyfriend was born in Ohio. <laughs> I mean, he deserves to be roasted for that. Um, but I I don't know. People from Ohio, we love you. Uh, I don't want to ostracize. I have several state. friends from Ohio. I have very close friends from Ohio. I spent so seven you know. years in Ohio, yeah. like a prison sentence. I'm allowed to make fun of it. I love it. man was born by a ghost in Ohio. In Ohio so I was. <laughs> Her foot's haunting. But okay, should we so like get, get into the beginning of this movie or something? Probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want to know how the lesbianism in her lineage quote comes into play, it's actually because we start at a high school and it gives us this like very 90s high school movie introduction well actually we start on a football field with the football teacher losing his shit there's like this whole faculty intro actually I'm so sorry I almost skipped it can you believe um but the 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 football coach is losing his shit at the players um just oh and he he does shout the line uh you're not getting out of Ohio which kind of (laughs) dovetails back into what we were just saying um but they end up in this like faculty meeting inside where the principal has to tell everybody there's no budget for anything except for football. They can't um, even have a musical. They can't even have a musical. And they have what apparently is a very funny theater joke where the principal tells the drama teacher, um, you'll have to reuse the set from Our Town last year. And apparently Our Town doesn't have a set. And that's the joke. Um I, you know, they did Our Town at our high school, actually, when um, my brother was there, and I'm pretty sure they did build a set, so I don't really. Maybe you didn't remember that, uh, that specific theater joke, so you were in on it. You know, he was on Tech Crew, so really, I, that one, I, I apologize. That's (laughs) my bad. I've made a mistake, and I will be better next time, Um, but yeah, I guess I, I guess that's a very good joke or whatever. Oh, um, but starting it out with just killer jokes. <laughs> just just fire banger. Yeah. Already banger after banger. Theater theater kids are going wild. <laughs> yes, but things get um a little crazy when that crazy football coach from earlier starts to be like weirdly predatorially sexy with the principal um and she starts to be like you're drunk you gotta go home and sleep it off but then he starts to be a weirdo and he chases her out the school but at which point he starts to be a weirdo as in he takes a pencil and stabs it through her hands yeah that's pretty weirdo behavior (laughs) (laughs) and then he goes i've always wanted to do that um which shame though (laughs) you've always wanted to stab her with the pencil or someone her but like i think i don't know did you never take like your mechanical pencil and like fake like stab your hand with it i did little uh fake 
<laughs> graphite injections like a normal child. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's this like another. That's the same vibe for me. Thing. Look, we've all this had intrusive a- thoughts. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is but- another moment where we learn something about Sydney where we're like, wow, you know what I mean? Like, Sydney's always wanted you know? to stab someone with a pencil. <laughs> what do you mean you've never wanted to stab somebody directly <laughs> through the hand with a pencil? I think it would be incredibly badass and totally cool. Yeah. That's but probably true. This opening scene is is so fucking fun because like it gives you like obviously it's like the scream opening, you know, where it's like a almost like a separate little world little story that occurs. Um, but it was just weird seeing it with like adults because I'm just so used to everyone being killed being children in every movie that we ever watch ever. And so that was fun. Also, this principal was freaking gorgeous um hot as hell hot and the, as the football hell. coach is like you're looking very very pretty tonight and I was like she is though is the she thing is but you could have said it in wrong. a way that wasn't so fucking creepy yeah 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 but okay like I totally forgot that the little old lady the theater teacher is already <laughs> a parasitic alien lady um because just when you think the principal is about to get away with the help of this this uh, theater teacher, she exacts her re- revenge for no musical this year and stabs her to death with a pair of scissors, which I, is always really fun to see. And then she also says, I've always wanted to do that. So clearly there is some resentment here against this principal with her budget cuts. Can you yeah. believe? But also I would say, um, I think the drama teacher must have must have been gotten by the alien like that same day because when we see her the next day at school she's had a total makeover a total style um that's, that's something I love about these parasites because it makes parasites, everybody sexy. little worms yeah <laughs> but it makes everybody just make like bold fashion choices they put on their shortest skirt their tightest pearl necklace in the case of the principal like just they care about like humans going through issues like the football coach <laughs> Yeah. At first, I, like there's so many parts where like different people who are infected by the parasite throughout the movie are like, come to like, let the parasite infect you. It's so much better here. It's so much better. And there's like a couple times where I was like, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> they are well be. hydrated. They are drinking their water. You know They're what I mean? Drinking like their water. <laughs> as someone who um, is chronically dehydrated and underhydrated and everyone's always like solving like drinking water will solve every problem in your life you know what I mean reminder to drink your water right now take a sip but also like their problems must be soft because they're glug glug in a way in every single scene okay as someone who briefly recently bought into that gallon water thing you know those mm-hmm. <laughs> so embarrassing I can't believe I'm embar- I'm admitting this online but I bought one of those gallon water bottles that like motivates you throughout to d- the day to drink the whole bottle of water and you know I was drinking a gallon of water a day and then some and then I found out that I might be like stripping my body of its natural nutrients and slowly like killing myself (laughs) too much water so i i would say that there is a there is an upper limit and i think people have surpassed it (laughs) 
maybe I too have one of those water bottles Monica you are not alone I'm yeah I have it staring at me now and I haven't used it in a week and a half and you know I used mine once and decided I it was too heavy for me to lug around my house and so now I just use a small water bottle and I drink it like four times a day and I actually finish it so did you you. know that a gallon of water weighs eight pounds because I that's just heavy But yeah, they, they could have solved all their problems by just carrying around these gallon water bottles, all these parasites, but they did not, they did not think of that. It wasn't trendy at the time. That. They didn't have hydro flasks. No, it was 98. Then. It was 98, man. They could have used a Nalgene, you know, that would have been Ooh, a period of very, <laughs> very on brand, as I just said. <laughs> Instead, they just did the classic office building thing where they brought in one bajillion of those like giant water jugs and they... For some reason, the faculty lounge at this school has little cups for their their water cooler, but they're like conical. You know what I mean? You can't you put can't it down. Sit it down. <laughs> you have to hold it the whole time. But I guess they're drinking the whole time, so it doesn't matter for them. Um, but anyway, yes, pregnant. that's the opening scene. And then it's like, oh, you thought this movie was about the faculty? We gotcha. <laughs> it's not. It's about the kids. And they do this really high school movie, teenage 90s intro where they like set the cast of characters and they show you a bunch of people and everybody has their own little character moment and then it like flashes their name across the screen and they're like Stokely yeah there's Stokely is uh not actually lesbian Clea Duvall um you have Casey who gets his balls balls first into a flagpole yeah um that's baby Elijah Wood (laughs) That and that someone, would like fuck a guy up real bad. So oh. I was like, this is there. This is too casual. <laughs> yeah, and apparently there was someone on set who is in some bands that I didn't recognize the name of, and I so I don't know if she was like just an extra who went on to be somebody in a band, or if she was already somebody in a band at the time. And so they were like, do you want to be in our movie for fun? Um, but she was like, what if I stand there and laugh at him when he gets his nutsack absolutely destroyed? And they were like, go for it, bestie. So they put it in the movie um but so Casey gets uh now <laughs> oh let me let me find it um in, in my notes because I did write it down the girl student with the black top and tan skirt who laughs at Elijah Wood getting his balls smashed into a flag ball great wording um was Austin rocker Sarah Talbot who at the time was the front woman for the Hollywood wife beaters laughing at wood was her idea and the director kept it in what a sequence of words in that piece of imd well, trivia. Nope, i don't know that band so we're good <laughs> nope. but yeah i love i love the fucking vibey ass opening sequence it's so good the font that they use is preposterous mm-hmm. too it's like blood splatter font like there there are so many fucking weird ass stylistic choices that they make like with the the cinematography like later on they do that weird zoom on the theater teacher's face yes I also made a note of that it's like zoom zoom like I don't even know it's like I've never seen a zoom like that before and it was just like not really warranted because she wasn't doing anything that weird at the moment I guess she was just staring so that was that warranted the zoom but whatever man as we said before, Robert Rodriguez can do whatever he wants because he brought us Elijah Wood in Lord of the Rings. And also he helped Jordana Brewster on her way to the Fast and Furious franchise. He's given us so much, you know. Truly, truly. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, this movie. Oh, up all the, oh, what? 
we didn't finish the character introductions, which was why we started that whole thing to explain the lesbianism bit. Um, so you get all of these character introductions, including Delilah, who, by the way, also, if you ask me, lesbian, because her character introduction is her boyfriend trying to kiss her and her being like, it takes me 72 minutes to apply this lip gloss. And if a man touches me, I will lose my shit. And Love like, it. bestie, um, I've got news for you. But um so so there's delilah casey stokely stan is the boyfriend who is the captain of the football team but really looks like he should be playing um the the drug dealer character uh zeke who's played by josh hartnett who frequently plays the captain of the football team character so it's like this kind of interesting not that he doesn't absolutely look like boys that we went to high school with who were on the, the football team because he 100 percent does yeah, I feel like he looks like he could be, I don't think he gives off drug dealer vibes. I feel like Zeke really fills that role well, just because he grew his hair out so weird. It just works. <laughs> the hair is doing a lot of heavy lifting. Um, and then also the part where they associate him immediately with um, a disgraced, uh, that 70s show star who, oh. who plays a pl- classic burnout character and like everything he's in. Um, mm. But we we get uh stokely is sitting at her table by herself being a goth lesbian so you would think um and then this new girl mary beth comes over and introduces herself louise hutchinson mary beth louise hutchinson excuse me um mary (laughs) beth louise hutchinson comes over and introduces herself and is like you're sitting alone let me be your friend um all of this back and forth and then that's when delilah comes over and is like stokely are you seducing the new students again and she calls her a violent lesbian which is just an I okay that's that's also the moment where we get the gutter slut insult um my question is is she saying that she's a lesbian who's violent or is she saying that she is so lesbian that it's violent do you think I think she's a lesbian that's violent she was I think it's she's so lesbian She's violently lesbian. I, I think feel like it goes both ways, but she's it really lesbian. works on a lot of levels. <laughs> so the dialogue's so smart. Uh, but yeah, that first of all, the dialogue actually is really funny in this movie at at many different points. Um, it's also just in- so awkward though sometimes yeah. too. Like sometimes I'm like, God, that was killer, and then other times I'm like, What in the motherfuck? <laughs> the thing about this movie is. Um, it not consistent is that why it's no weird I mean maybe the thing about this movie is it's it's one of those things um I think like glee I hate to say it but where you almost like it more after the fact ironically you know what I mean like if you had watched this movie in earnest in the 90s I absolutely understand why you would not be enthralled with it but this like another movie that I think we will do later in the fall perhaps that I won't say the name of at this time because I'm going to preserve that moment because it's so beautiful to me but if you know what I'm thinking of uh, Monica and Sydney then maybe you know what I'm thinking of oh well it is um another another movie where they thought it was gonna like kind of be this same sort of scream thing and elicit the same yeah (laughs) they're gonna pick up on it Uh, elicit the same response and it just absolutely flopped at the time for some reason but now watching it years later with like that sort of ironic 
perspective and hindsight and what humor is now where it's like a little um absurdist a lot of the time is very much like still middle of the road humor and not like out of bounds humor um that makes it so much more enjoyable because I think if we if we weren't at that period in film and in humor and in like TikTok humor being what it is you know what I mean I don't think that this movie would hit for us the way that it does um and so while this movie was I say well written kind of jokingly and Monica says it is not consistent and she's right um in hindsight this many years later it kind of slaps it kind of slaps it does slap it slaps this movie slaps because it's exactly like you said because it's so fucking fucked up and weird it's just (laughs) it just is you don't expect all of the weird ways that it goes and and also I really liked watching this movie another time uh like the third I guess maybe third time now um, <laughs> not for sure on that one um and also like reading about it afterwards like the AV club article on this this uh movie was really really interesting because I didn't think any big thoughts whenever I when I when I watched this movie I was just like what the fuck is going on the yeah. AV club Alex McLevy thought the big thoughts for me and I appreciated oh. that Monica was just all vibes no thoughts and this article oh, was all vibes. thoughts really yeah. tell me some of the thoughts because I didn't read it and I also am explicitly vibes watching this movie well the, there is like a lot of intentionality with like subverting like the the state like the tropes of a high school um movie or like the like the stereotypes of high school and like all the characters like think that they're subverting these tropes but they're actually playing right into it and there's like the the main point of the article is about the ending so I don't want to say it quite yet jump there yeah okay yeah but like it was just really really interesting because like when you read all the things that they pointed out in this article, it's like, oh yeah, there's no way that they weren't a hundred percent intentionally making this like statement with the ending of the movie. But I just whoosh, right over my fucking head, not even for a second. I was just like, the end of this movie is fucking weird, you know. <laughs> but you know, it's so good to read okay. and learn. I hate to say it, that's once again very glee to be like subverting the the stereotypes of the high school tale um and those characters playing into the stereotypes but also not being the stereotype etc um I don't want to give a point to Ryan Murphy unfortunately I must why are you Mm. doing this to me as someone someone who retrospectively like because you were just saying that like this movie when you watched it in earnest you might have not liked it but now ironically you like it I watched Glee in earnest and fucking loved it and now years <laughs> later I look back in it and I'm like why 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 I used to live tweet Glee what the fuck is wrong with me <laughs> and that's so I'm the opposite <laughs> experience <laughs> but okay I I like how they like unveil the drama in this movie though um but obviously we get the opening scene we so we know shit's fucked up but you know um I love that Elijah Wood just like fucking finds a worm on the ground and he's like damn this is a weird ass worm let me go show Jon Stewart like (laughs) it's it's beautiful it's beautiful hi I'm Elijah Wood I found a worm I'm bringing it to Jon Stewart like if you think about it with in terms of the actors it's preposterous but like Everyone should have been way more fucking alarmed with this worm right from the get-go because 
they put it in water and it immediately like grows long crazy tentacles that are like sentient and in within one second of it being in the water it multiplies into two that is that is very bad that nothing should replicate that fast even it's just a nice worm but it's obviously not a nice worm because it's got teeth on the inside and teeth on the outside it bites john stewart like immediately like no one is alarmed enough. Like John Stewart, you're an adult and you're not infected yet. Like do something right now. <laughs> Close down the school. This is an infection. This is call the hazmat team in, please. But no. Right? Like can't... don't call the university. <laughs> call 911. <laughs> call He's animal just very control. Excited about the prospect that they have perhaps found a new species on their football field. Uh, you know, where where He's all these species like to hang out. Um, like Sydney said last episode, he's seeing cash money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. But but there's that scene, and then there's the scene um, where uh, Stan and Casey are like in the locker room, um, and they're Stan is about to go use the showers after gym class or football practice or something, um, and there's this very alarming concerning disgusting scene uh where one of the teachers he he's butt-ass naked naked. butt-ass naked in the shower soap on the rope which i like had heard of that before i'd heard of that before but i'd not seen it in practice and i was like oh wow it is real (laughs) (laughs) yeah but but you see that and then you see like these spooky scary legs come into the picture and you're like what's going on and then it shows this old woman and you're like okay why were her legs so scary um but then she is having some sort of freak out and she like she says they want everyone and she like falls on Stan and and she's losing her shit and he's actually being a very nice sweet boy and is trying to comfort her but as he like strokes her head a bunch of her scalp comes away house of wax style um and and then she just dies she just like fully dies and then the other teachers are just like she had cancer. Isn't that so sad? It was the cancer. It was not anything else that could be strange or uh, alarming. It's just normal cancer, you guys. Um, cancer doesn't make you melt like yeah. in cancer- a matter of hours. Like literally her skin was like boiling off of her body. That's why her legs look so weird. It was like burn wounds. Uh, very Very effectively creepy. I was unsettled for sure. Well, and then we learn... Uh, because Casey and Delilah, Delilah, um, are snooping around the faculty lodge and being like, they're trying oh. to find a story for the news. Looking for a scoop. I love. Yeah. <laughs> and they hide in a closet, and uh, that's very gay of Delilah. That's all I'm gonna say. The gym teacher and the theater teacher are talking about how, you know, the poor old woman just couldn't survive because the temperature was too hot for the older body. So she literally boiled and melted. <laughs> and then they murder That's Selma. Why they got to drink water all the time to keep the temperature down. <laughs> yeah, to cool them down. And then they murder Selma Hayek and they find out and then they see like, uh 
Casey and Delilah are like freaking the fuck out inside the closet. They are like banging all around. This is a giant ass closet. (laughs) I wish my closet was that big, but I don't Um, wish that there is a melted old woman body in my closet because no, no, because it falls on them. And then they run out. And then the uh, they meet the the principal who we thought was all dead. Nope, she's back. No, she's, she's here. And she's sexier than ever. She's oh back, yeah, she's and in she like... cut four inches off her miniskirt, baby. It's oh yeah, barely. It's barely there. Deeply inappropriate for a faculty member, but let go, girl. But Do looking it. Looking great. <laughs> and so then we get Casey's parents involved, and they come and they're and they're like, oh we don't believe you blah 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 and the cops are there and they think it's they're like there's a dead body in the closet and it turns out like the they're like no it's actually just like a cpr dummy it's not like a real dead body and then yeah, they, they fully just gaslight them and trick them oh when my the cops God. get there. And then they're like, it's just Casey's like, ask Delilah. And Delilah is like, don't ask me. I'm out for myself. And I will never show up to back up your story. I will only come back later in the movie in disguise. Yeah, I think one of the really affecting things of this movie is like, I wish I had seen it like when I was young, because like when you're young, when shit goes wrong, you're like mommy, daddy, teacher, teacher, you like go to the people who are in charge in scare quotes, you know, um, who the authority figures and like the authority figures are what's doing it to you in this fucking movie. Like there's no place to turn. It's all on them. And at like everybody who follows the rules dies essentially like you get called to the office you get a fucking worm in your ear and you've turned into a a little parasite alien like there's it it's just it's amazing to see how efficient they are yeah (laughs) like when adults are taking over the world they're fucking efficient Because Delilah, um, that's that's part of her thing. Like she is just out for herself and she truly at that point in the movie does not really give a shit about Casey um, and certainly not backing him up in a way that could risk her own reputation, which she is not even willing to to put at risk to continue dating Stan if he's not going to be the captain of the football team. Like he's like, I want to quit the football team and focus on my academics. And she's like, are you stupid? You little stupid bitch. I could never date you then. Like she's so mean about it. Um, but she's she's out for number one. And um, she comes back later in disguise, but they're like calling her over the PA system the whole time because she's like the HBIC at this school. They're trying to get all the, the little high school influencers into the office so that they can get parasited and spread it out to everybody else, um, including Usher, who is the replacement captain of the football team once once Stan abandons his post. Um, and, and Usher really is in exactly like two scenes of this movie frankly we need more usher in this movie like that was one of the huge flaws they had usher they had and they usher. used him about two times ever just doesn't make sense yeah real real letdown um especially considering so many of the other people in this movie did anything you know what i mean um and and or hadn't done anything at this point and he he was usher um and and he didn't even get like a drew barrymore and scream moment you know what i mean he's just there he's just also there on set chilling um but 
the, but but you're right they're very methodical in the way that they like put out the feelers and infect everyone and it like happens so fucking fast that you realize like everybody at this school is infected and it's getting weird and um there's there's actually this couple that I fucking love that you see in the background a couple times where they just are like beating the shit out of each other every moment that they're on screen they're so fucking abusive yeah just like literally physically fighting each other whenever they're on screen and then after the infection sweeps through the school you just see them like walking in peace down the hallway you know what I mean? They're they're in love now. They're they love. they actually can coexist peacefully now. So so it's a good thing. Like it shows you how transformative it is, and also um, how Sam wrong Johnson, everything is. That's how, like, how wrong that's how you is. know that yeah. shit's hit hit the fan if because the couple. abusive couple is no longer abusing each other. <laughs> yes, and that's bad. They should go back that's to how bad. things were. Um, yeah, I guess uh, is that the theme? Okay. But- also. <laughs> This whole episode, I've made a huge mistake because I've had this shirt and I never fucking put it on. Are you kidding? <gasps> I, are you kidding me? I have a shirt that says faculty on it and I wasn't wearing it. I've just th- wow. disappeared from the chat for like five minutes and it's because I was changing. <laughs> wow. Anyway, I love a theme. I love a theme dress. Okay. We could keep Gorgeous. talking about the movie now. <laughs> yeah, um, but but one thing I was going to say is about a faculty member, which is um, as as we mentioned, Josh Hartnett plays Zeke, who's like the drug dealer pusher burner character, but who's also mm-hmm. secretly an academic because he knows all kinds of science shit and he also knows all kinds of English shit. But Famke Jensen is his teacher, and they have this weird antagonistic relationship where she keeps being like, "You shouldn't sell bad things out of your car," and he's like it's too bad I just sold what I alleged was a full frontal nudie tape of Nev Campbell and Jennifer Love Hewitt to two different students. Um, and- that was a shocking part. <laughs> I was like, wow. A shocking piece of dialogue. Kevin Williamson, like, how could you? <laughs> well, Zeke is probably doing a little um, manufacturing. You know what I mean? I don't think oh, that, yeah. that this is for real. Although he is- he does have a science lab in his basement that he's stolen um, piece by piece the equipment from like the chemistry lab at the school. So who knows what he's capable of really. Um, yeah, honestly, it's a, an impressive setup though. Very impressive. <laughs> yeah, but but one of the ones is Famke Jensen. She has baby bangs, scream three style. Um, she confronts but him she at actually his pulls car. Hers off. Oh, she looks incredible. That's incredible. Um, but she confronts him at his car and is like, "Stop doing these bad things." And he's like, "Yeah, right, teach." And then later on, she shows up at his car again. Fucked up though, to her. He like offers her condoms, cherry flavored Mm -hmm. condoms, and she's just like so horrified. She's like, her whole thing is that she's like this meek teacher. She's very quiet. She's very nervous when she teaches, and like she doesn't do a very good job because of that because she can't command the the students. And so she's just like, that's so rude. Like she's gonna cry and she runs away. And I don't blame her. I would cry too if someone was if your high school student. Like, I would like take these teacher magnum sized cherry flavored condoms. First of flavored. all, flavored condoms. Why would I need those? That's not for my benefit. But well, I don't actually don't want to get into that. <laughs> Delete that. Okay. 
I've always wondered about that, actually. Anyway, we'll talk about that in our after chat. Oh, I just want to give a little shout out really quickly to just faculty teachers in general, because like just seeing how mean that scene was and seeing all of my friends who were teachers who just went back to LAUSD and like all their stories about how fucking psycho kids can be like honestly deserve the world like I would not I would crumble under the pressure day one so <laughs> just like a round of applause <laughs> but yeah one of the scenes that that shows you how much things have changed is after uh Bianca Johnson gets infected she becomes a literal sex pot and then she comes back to Josh Hartnett's car and he's like oh do you want drugs or whatever and she's like I was thinking something a little more cherry flavored like she is pursuing this high school student meth lab owner drug distributor um who who's got his own formula i mean good for him he's an entrepreneur um no, but real spirit lives. <laughs> but yeah it's it's so interesting to see the way that people uh change under the effects of of the infection um but basically it ends up being like this cast of characters are the only ones selma hike by the way also got her own sexy transformation of being a terrifying to watch extremely ill-seeming nurse coughing all over everybody in the beginning of this movie to watch that in the midst of a pandemic first of all disturbing um <laughs> and then when and then when somebody's like do you need to go home and take the day off and she's like i'm saving my sick days for when i feel better that also is like iconic iconic but the culture you know what i mean my god um yeah. but she has her own sexy transformation as well. She's fucking Selma Hayek. Um, yeah, but she was always hot. Like she had like yes. a red nose because she was blowing her nose all the time. That was and the she was thing. wearing like khakis before, and now she gets to wear like cute clothes. Um, <laughs> but but it ends up being like just Stan, Stokely, Delilah, Mary Beth, Casey, and Ze Zeke. I, that's actually so many characters. Um, but they they form people. this little alliance because not goth lesbian Clea Duvall Stokely reads science fiction and so Casey's like don't you think it's just like your science fiction um and she's like no it's not and then he goes but don't you think and then she goes yes it is um and then they immediately go and convince all the other characters who are like I don't know but then uh they have this interaction with Jon Stewart where he tries to kill them after he got um infected Actually, I wonder if he got infected from the little bite on his finger from the little multiplying worm fish guy, or if he was deliberately infected by somebody else. Do you have do you have thoughts on that? Because I didn't have thoughts on that until this moment. Well, he didn't seem different in the immediate aftermath of the bite. So I'm not sure if he did, because like, but I mean he was in the fucking faculty lounge, man. That's the True. that's ground zero for this this infection. True. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyway, I, yeah, I fucking, I love that fight scene with Jon Stewart just cause like, I guess Jon Stewart did, had a whole career of acting, but this is the only role I've seen him in <laughs> ever in my life. And so it just did things to me. I'd never, I knew he was young, but I'd never seen him young. And I didn't know that he did acting. That's <laughs> young. I, 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 I was like, inevitably he must've been young. Um, but sure. it did something me but again that's for therapy later not now <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but it's actually such a great scene because that is um one of the moments where we really start to get a better understanding of like 
what the the aliens are capable of or whatever um he gets his little thingies chopped right off and they go skittering around the room um they like turn into worms that's the thing that I don't understand because like I don't understand how anyone fucking like survives after Mm -hmm. being infected when like apparently their whole body is a big worm like like the like sexy teacher her head gets chopped off at one point and it walks around like sentient and reattaches itself horrifying horrifying incredible also um but like like then then everything is still okay like how is her body still okay I don't understand (laughs) I think you could make the argument that um, what the the narrative presented to us by characters within the film is that um, it is good to be infected, actually, and it will, like, unlock your inhibitions. You can be who you want to be. You can be happier. You can be at peace. You can all of these things. Um, and and it's great and so i think you can also make the argument that that there must be like physically healing capabilities you know what i mean yeah, um and that makes sense. yeah I and we it. see um that like when his fingies get cut off they're each their own individual worm and like when we see elijah wood get attacked later on it's like a bunch of worms that go at his face um so i think there there's there's a bunch of worms inside of them kind of occupying their body and and running it like a little uh puppet but that makes sense because they can uh multiply so quickly so even if they just get one worm in the first place there's probably like fifteen thousand worms in about 10 minutes so (laughs) yeah and like they can be um combated in the sense that john stewart gets stabbed in the eye with one of Zeke's little drug pens um where because he like stashes the powder in in like where you would put the ink in a pen um genius incredible great great choice great delivery system also because Mm -hmm. um what we learn about these glug glug little aliens is they love water and if you dehydrate them they will turn to dust essentially so if you give them a little caffeine powder it just sucks them dry like the sahara desert and they essentially dissolve um and and john stewart gets stabbed in his eyeball with one of the pens Okay, and, this this oof. watch I didn't I noticed something I never noticed before in the teacher's lounge at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. John Stewart is like I guess has a history with Salma Hayek, which like I'd watch that. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> and he's like I called you this weekend, and like later, like in that same scene, she's like, "Ugh, I could just stab you in the eye or something like that." She literally says exactly that, and then wow, foreshadowing—that's the clear reference to what lies beneath. Just the theme of foreshadowing. He literally <laughs> gets stabbed in the eye later, and it just—it looks really. That, that's just like the way that they did the effects for that with all the fucking foam shooting out of his eye socket gorgeous (laughs) loved that for us okay I just googled something yeah and it says the number one myth about coffee you need to stop believing because coffee is caffeine and we're supposed to believe that the caffeine that they're doing is supposed to be like you know the big like it dehydrates them but it just says caffeinated beverages like coffee have a mild dirt a uh, diuretic effect but this not this does not increase the risk of dehydration so well, i'm gonna guess that he's really not making caffeine and he's making meth <laughs> well okay it's 
it's caffeine pills and other household items. He makes that very clear. And so that could be Sudafed. Um, <laughs> My guess is he's just like straight up making meth. Meth with caffeine in it. He grinds up kitchen sponges and puts a little bit in each one so that the sponge bits goes in and just slugs the water out of their bodies. That's what it is. That's what it is. I wasn't sure where you were going with that. And I was like, <laughs> I that saw on your face you, I think. <laughs> Um, oh my god but okay that's that's when they realize they realize right that the drugs are the answer and that's Mm -hmm. what i fucking love about this movie and that's one of the really fun arguments of this av club article is that like this movie is straight up like a pro drug movie (laughs) it literally is it's just like drugs save your life are the only answer like we can only trust you if you do drugs literally that becomes the motif for the whole rest of the fucking film because like they they do this fun like very the thing style test um later on like they go back to zeke's house because he has uh apparently parents who don't care parent him or care about him and just leave him alone but he is okay this is something i just thought about he is uh over 18 because he's repeating his senior year yeah so that makes the whole teacher thing one step less disgusting just one it's still fucking freaky but just just a little bit it's not tech it's not on paper illegal but it still should not happen anyway um but like they, they, the only way for them to be sure that they are not already infected is to snort these drugs. Um, and so that's the theme for the whole rest of the movie. Like, do these drugs or I'm not going to trust you. And I just love that. I don't know. Like the AV Club article is like, how the fuck did they get this movie made and put out there? Like in the 90s where there are so many, like a, a lot of movies were like throttled by like the anti-drug like lobbyists and that sort of a thing. So it's just shocking that it even made it out the gate but you know i love a wholesome theme like that you know drugs are the answer it's really awesome sometimes <laughs> it's important to do drugs sometimes it's really important to do drugs apparently and it, it really is in this film that's the only thing it's the only weapon that they have is drugs <laughs> that gives us a really interesting scene though um like you said they have to do drugs to prove that nothing funky is going on um, which which gives us this scene where they're all in Josh Hartnett's mad scientist laboratory where he has literally a lab rat at his disposal. Um, so fascinating just to imagine what what his life is like down there. Um, but they all have to do do the drugs to prove that they aren't going to dissolve on site. Um, and you get this like face off moment where everyone has done them except for Mary Beth, what's what's the Louise Hutchinson? What did you say it was earlier? Mary Beth Louise, Mary Hutchinson. Beth Louise Hutchinson. Oh, I got it right. Amazing. Oh my god, my brain. Believe in um, yourself. Thank you so much. Mary Beth Louise Hutchinson is like Zeke. I told you when we made out earlier that I am allergic to drugs in general. Aspirin. Aspirin. Um, she's allergic to aspirin, so she's like, I can't do this. And Delilah is like, Well, you have to because I'm a bully. Um. So I'm going to make you die from an allergic reaction. Yeah, they they have this face off where they're like 
agree essentially to do it at the same time. And then at the last moment, Delilah fully bails. And then you see all the worms like wiggling underneath her face. And it's like, <gasps> Delilah's been infected this whole time. And you don't know when it was. Um, although INDB made the argument that possibly it was um, when Casey went to the police right after they saw Selma Hayek get attacked in the teacher's lounge. Um, and they couldn't find her anywhere. Or you mm -hmm. could argue that it could have happened in this scene um, where they're they're getting attacked by John Stewart and his detached fingies because um, I think it happened there. Yeah, that's that's the detached fingies are already dangerous. But then another character like pulls her away to hide together, um, and so that could have been like a deliberate exposure moment that that we didn't see because it took place behind a desk. So it's kind of interesting to like wonder when she started. And I think the the argument that it happened sooner um, after the police thing is is more compelling and I'll explain why later. Um, but but so it turns out Delilah's infected and she runs away and then they're like, okay, great. They've somehow decided, not really based on any uh, facts really they've kind of just intuited somehow um that the way that it works is that there's one person in charge um a queen if you will of the aliens and it's like night king game of thrones style rules where or or dracula if you will if you kill yeah. the person that sired them so if you kill the queen then they're all gonna get stopped that's all just based off of a book the book that stokely read the the body snatchers book that yeah. she talks about they're like this happens in a book and then they're like, oh, well, it's probably real. And I was like, oh, I could tell their teens. <laughs> they're just like, this is the only like point of reference that we have. And so it's this or nothing, or we go off yes. of nothing. So which is very, know. it follows to be like, this is what the characters would have thought of. They don't have that many resources at their disposal. They're just doing their best. Um, but it also that. is an interesting argument in, in the sense of what you were saying about Ohio being the back door or, or whatever mm -hmm. that quote was earlier um where they they Casey kind of Elijah Wood kind of makes the argument that um a lot of the alien media that we see movies books etc might be real and it could be the aliens like deliberately throwing us off the track um which oh. is interesting then that they go but this book is telling the truth um, that was the most burnt ass part of this entire fucking movie he was just like it's just all i was like you've been watching a lot of x-files boy he was like he was like it's all real and it's all just been an illusion from the government to throw you off from the trail the aliens have been here all along and i was like have you done the drugs yet i can't remember at this point if you'd already done the drugs but you're you're on drugs you need to relax but yes, you know but the quote possible the quote that he says is if you were going to take over the world would you blow up the white house independence day style or sneak in the back door which is ohio i guess um ohio, the back door of america <laughs> it's not a bad way to go about it you know what i mean although i also have to wonder if this is the first time that it's happened or or is casey actually onto something with all of this like Hollywood infiltration you know what I mean because that is interesting that it's just like working its way out to middle America but it started in Hollywood years and years earlier when when they were producing this alien content first originally um and so I think that is also an interesting perspective to take that just um you've, you've got a traveling band of aliens making their way uh 
through the states, but they they started with um, the influencers. You know what I mean? They started with with the place that could spread their message best, which was Hollywood. And then they sent it to the greatest influencer of all, Mary Beth Louise Hutchinson. <laughs> yes. Um, and which is kind of what we've been dancing around saying, um, because, you know, we love to save the spoilers if we can, um, until the end, everything will eventually get spoiled. Um, but we give you a couple of moments to be like, this sounds like a good movie. I'm going to go watch it. Maybe actually, I don't know. Does anybody do that? I don't know. Um, I like to think that everyone is watching the movie along with us so that they can get my incredibly specific TikTok beam content. Um, but it's fine. They are. They are. Sure. It's fine if you don't. Um, <laughs> I make those for me. And if you also appreciate them, then that's great. Um, but <laughs> but uh, Mary Beth Louise Hutchinson is the new girl at school who has no lesbianism in her lineage. So she's already suspicious. You know what I mean? Um, that's already a red flag. Um, huge red flag. Huge red flag. And uh, Sydney, Sydney guessed the twist from the get because she was like, that's not an authentic Atlanta Atlantan. Okay. Maybe that's she's, how you she's refer from to people from Atlanta. <laughs> that's not an authentic Atlanta accent. No, it ain't because she's a goddamn fucking alien. So that's why she doesn't know what the accent is. Cause she's yes. an alien. And also, if you pay close attention which I did not, but I read IMDb trivia afterwards. Um, they keep being like invasion of the body snatchers. If you kill the person that started it, it will get everyone. And she's the one who goes, oh, you mean the queen, the beautiful queen of all of the aliens, the one who's so powerful and in charge of everybody. I bet she's great. Um, she She's really hyping this. She plays it low key. She does a good job. She doesn't let on, but she's the one that introduces the concept of it being a queen specifically spreading to everyone. Um, and it's a genius concept for her. Like it's a genius plan to hang out with the only people who don't have the parasite yet because one, she can get them. And then also two, they're not looking for her. They're looking outward and trying to kill all these other people because um, thinking that they're the queen bee and they won't come at her until, you know, the final, the final chapter. Yeah, but, and but she I has that fake out with Delilah where it's like, Delilah is an alien at that point. Mary Louise Hutchinson is the queen alien. Delilah is under control. Like she creates this moment with Delilah being like, you go first. Okay, we'll go at the same time so that she has a, a diversion so that Delilah goes like, okay, I'm out of here. You can't catch me in my worms under my face, alien. I'm bailing so that you're not looking closely at Mary Louise Hutchinson when she like pops the top off of the drug pen and then uses a little tentacle finger to swipe away the cap on the bottom and let all of the drugs fall out and like close up her little nostrils so that she's not actually snorting them. Um, and you get that reveal like later on in the movie. Uh, she's she's doing some good good work because she even says in the beginning of the movie like we've all got a little alien inside of us or something like that and yet somehow oh, when I first will. saw this movie I did not think that I, I I was suspicious of her for a moment I think but I don't think I was like um she also confidently like onto her you know what I mean um I think they do a, a kind of pretty good job of of creating that as a surprise confirmation uh 
there's one little instance when we're with uh john stewart and the little organism like kind of cuts out and they like say something and it pans to mary beth louise hudginson and i was just like if you first watched this and you didn't know that she was the big bad guy like it was a really weird pan to like pan on her Mm, yeah there are for the rewatch a special gift just for the (laughs) rewatch there are definitely moments like that and honestly when you you are in the know and you like look at the poster even she's very much like centered in the middle of them kind of slightly glowing in a way that the other ones aren't so much um because she's got like the full aura around her not just the lighting on one side of her um like there are definitely clues there you know what I mean um and there there are moments like in the beginning where she says um I'm feeling pretty alien myself these days is the direct quote and I was like okay Mary Elizabeth or Mary Elizabeth Mary Beth Louise Mary Beth He's thinking about Mary Elizabeth Winstead again from Sky High. Um, because <laughs> Delilah's character literally is that same character. Anyway, um, but but she has a lot of moments where where she's telling on herself if you know what the deal is. Um, and and she she plays it really well, honestly, for the most part. She really and then does. it gets revealed um near the end of the movie, they finally they think it's like the principal must be the queen because of course it would be the principal. You know what I mean? She's in charge of the the high school and the football at the high school is the heart of the whole town. And so in a sense, she is the heart. Even we've seen the beginning of the movie um, because we are the audience. So we know that it's not her and that they're on the wrong track. But it's the conclusion that they draw and then they like sh- shoot her maybe. I don't remember. Um, they shoot her point blank in the head. Yes. Oh, yes. And then they, she like falls down and Mary Beth is like, she's getting back up. We have to pour literally every single drop of drug that we have onto her. Um, And at first you're like, she is being overly cautious, even though the other characters are like, stop. No, we don't have infinity drugs, but she's scared. She's trying to make sure the queen is really dead. But what she's doing is trying to get rid of all of the drugs so that they can't use them again later against her because she's the alien. Yeah. This scene is like really wild because this movie came out in 1998 and uh, you wouldn't be able to get this after a post-1999 scene of, you know, somebody being shot in a school because um, this is like a <gasps> yeah. pre-Columbine movie. And you're just like... That's such a good point. It's like so wild just like watching like things that happen after like a really defining like cultural moment in yeah. American history and just being like, ooh, that would not fly today. obviously like that has kind of come back into play in the culture but we talked about that on the scream three episode where like they radically changed the plot and altered it to be less like school centric less student centric because of of columbine and that was like such a huge pop culture reaction at that time when it was still so fresh that like there was not even any fake blood in that movie so that is really really interesting with this coming just before to um yeah, have someone See, shot point blank in yeah. the head, a principal. <laughs> yeah, like so much blood. <laughs> so much blood. I really just, I love the like final act of this film. Like when they go back to the school 
on the night of the football game to to try to fuck shit up and find the queen like the football theme in general is just so epic because you're just seeing like second after second everyone in the town is getting infected with the parasite like ushers infecting people on the field like there's people in the crowd i'm sure infecting each other and it's just spreading like wildfire and i also really love the like uh social breakdown that kind of happens within our like group like final group or whatever uh, of students that aren't infected like as they slowly start getting picked off one by one um like for example Two, two parts that really stood out to me when Stan, an idiot, an idiot, honestly, he's so stupid. He just decides to go out by himself just to see if his football coach is like, okay. Like, I don't understand why he would risk it after they kill the principal to see if like everyone, if that was actually the queen bee. And the scene where he sees the whole team in the rain and they all have the little tentacles coming out of their face and they're just like lapping up the rain is so fucking <laughs> iconic it's so good but um, you're skipping the part that is the worst part of this movie where before he goes out they they have this like what if it's our last chance final moment make out scene with stokely who should be a lesbian but but tragically is is not um and i mean She's i good for her that she likes stan and stan team. likes her and they make it's very it's very breakfast club um you know what i mean where where the 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 crazy outcast character um and the the jock pair up after all a shocker um but you know whatever it's the like i said this movie is an homage to so many of the other like big cinema pop culture moments that came before mm -hmm. it um but that is but yeah. that has got to be the worst part of the the film but I do love the emotional part that happens yes. right after that once he is infected and he's trying mm -hmm. to like manipulate her to go outside and get infected like that shit is so fucked up because it's just the concept of like not knowing if like your close friend is still your friend you know or like the person that you have a big mega high school crush on like that those are big feelings y'all um <laughs> Like, you don't know if they're still the Stan you've grown to love. And then they prove says, to like, you that they're beautiful. not that person anymore. Yeah, that was so fucked up. It was so emotionally manipulative. I'm like, Clay Duvall, you're already beautiful. Don't listen to this guy. Keep and on your goth also, makeup. I love it. He has a whole Mark Wahlberg in fear moment where he's like, open the fucking door. Open, open the door. The door. Yeah. A clear reference. A clear. Um, <laughs> but, but it gets even more insane because that's the moment when Zeke and Casey go outside because they realize they they might have like four more drug pens in Zeke's car um and they have to go get them and they're Little outside and then at better one point than no drugs some drugs better than no drugs always true um <laughs> and Casey says does it really take two of us to get to your car and Zeke goes nope one of us is a decoy which just like ouch Heartless. Um, just truly heartless um but you get these incredible school bus uh football team famka johnson fight scenes delilah is confronting casey casey somehow upper body strength yeets himself up through like the skylight emergency exit little window in a school bus uh well he does say that he only he only runs when he's being chased. And so and he's, he's actually right rather so. sporty when when provoked. <laughs>
Yeah, but that's when she gets her head cut off. Uh, it's it's all this stuff. Um, and then eventually they get back inside. Um, and Mary Beth is sitting on the bleachers with uh Clea Duval trying to do this like sneaky sell, like. Do you think maybe actually it would be great to be an alien? Have you considered it at all? Um, trying to she trying tries to-, to make it sound like she's like defeated, and so she's just thinking of giving in. But in reality, yeah, she's like, I know you pride yourself on being the outsider, Stokely, but aren't you tired of being something you're not? I know I am. Um, and then she like just fully punches her with a tentacle arm, <laughs> which which gets wild she just gives up and goes full tentacle um and and transforms into this like alien creature that is now on this chasing with them through the pool and the locker rooms um and this also leads us to like the whole last bit of the film she's either a big giant alien like thing with tentacles and too way too many teeth or she's fucking naked <laughs> for the whole rest of the movie mary less mary beth elizabeth whoa what's her I name got you. Hutchinson. I got you. my bad no, mary, mary beth louise beth hutchinson. Louise hutchinson. you did you this to me chelsea the, the you ruined me Oh my God. Well, once I'm thinking about a Mary, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Hard I can't stop because I have Elizabeth such a big Winstead. crush yeah. on her. But exactly. anyway, um, but I just love the, the final, the final, final bit of this is just so good. Like the fact that they run into, again, the pool room, the room with the pool, Jennifer's body, we're getting it follows, we're getting all of it. Um, and it's just so stupid. Cause it's just like, okay, guys, you just put yourself in a shit position because they obviously are aquatic. So get <laughs> fucked. <laughs> Yeah, that was um, a mistake. Poor planning. Fact, poor planning. And I just felt so bad for Casey too because like Zeke comes back into the picture with his drugs and like they're being actively hunted. Like they're it's it it's the do or die scenario and he's like do drugs right now, Casey. Do drugs right now. I'm like poor fucking Casey, man. He's going to be high as balls like as he maybe dies like terrible. <laughs> Um, But also when Clay Duvall's character gets, uh, or Stokely, when Stokely gets like thrown into the pool too, or like pulled into the pool and she absolutely smashes her fucking face on the tile. Oh my God. And on the blood in the water, like Sydney, was that getting you excited? A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But she is not a lesbian, so does nothing for me. (laughs) Just, just a real unfair fake out of of a lesbian drop in this movie um but yeah I mean the thing about her being naked for the rest of the film is that it's so funny for some reason and also I feel like they're not it's it's not like particularly male gazy you know what I mean like they're not really sexualizing it unnecessarily she just is naked because she's an alien she's like what do I care um which which is so yeah you don't really see it yeah and even one character is like are you naked like why are you naked why are you naked it's Stokely versus versus Mary Louise whatever the fuck fuck you you ruined me Mary Mary Beth Beth Louise Hutchinson and they're both like I'm not the monster she is the monster and Zeke's like Mary Beth why are you naked? <laughs> like, like, Answer me something, Mary Beth. Why are you naked? 
but I am ass naked right now. She's like, what? You don't, you can't handle seeing my body. And I'm like, what a great deflection, but you're ass naked. This is very suspect. Um, she also has but- a very rude line about Stokely though, where she's like, we don't know what she is, gay, straight, alien. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. well- <laughs> Okay. Some people take a long time to figure it out. Um, but young, she's got time. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, also like Casey's a genius. We'll we'll give him that because there's a lot of people to get distracted by in this movie. But Casey is the hero, though he is not the tallest of the bunch. He is the most beautiful cherub, cherubic little angel that there ever was. And the idea of smashing the monster with the bleachers is just so fucking genius. Like, it's just so smart. And I've also always had a fear of getting crushed behind the bleachers because I used to, like, run behind the bleachers at our school. And they also were retractable ones. And I was like, this could be the final time that I'm alive. Um, But I'm still going to run behind the bleachers. That's not going to stop me. not going to let it ruin your fun. Yeah, I'm not going to let it ruin your fun. And then his iconic final line at before he stabs her in the face is guaranteed to F you up. Is that what it is? Uh, guaranteed to jack you up. Guaranteed to jack <laughs> you up. <laughs> so iconic. funny. Iconic. Iconic. But okay, the the final, final, final little bit of this movie, and this is the part that the AV Club article I was reading was talking about. It was saying that like this whole movie is trying to like subvert the tropes, right? So like uh, Stokely is this like goth lesbian chick, but actually she loves football and she's straight. Oh, wow. What a subversion. She's not like other girls. Okay. She's not like other other girls. girls. Like and it's because the, she's not gay like all of us. So yeah, I mean, that so is not sets like her apart. girls. That's sets her sure. apart. Uh, but also Zeke, he's like supposed to be this like burnout fuck up, but he is actually a fucking genius. Like he gets every every answer right and says really astute things in class. And he's he created also his own football. meth lab. Yeah, and he rich. also. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, he's got a lot going on with him, but he's like smart and thoughtful and entrepreneurial and all of this stuff um and an asshole at the same time and then I guess Casey is like a nerd but he also can pull Delilah I don't know if the subversion is there um but like the at the end though like the the whole point is like it's a month later and everything is so different now like Casey even says that like wow things sure are different like Stokely is wearing a lavender sweater set with no goth makeup in sight, making out with Stan, who's no longer on the football team. Zeke's on the football team now. Casey and Delilah are together. Um, Mary Louise. Samka uh, Jensen, still a sex pot, but now prepared to fuck a student. Yes, dating a student. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Maybe she gave up teaching. She was like, you know what? This isn't for me. And now I'm just going to go sit in the bleachers and watch my high school boyfriend. (laughs) I'm going to watch my 19 year old boyfriend uh, dominate the football fields. Right. This town loves football, you know? It's it's in their DNA. But but Case Casey's subversion is like he was like this nerd. Everybody like fucked around with him, but now he's like a hero and he's on the cover of Time and all of this shit, which was also, like a little heavy handed. There's like Gen Z, like all these Gen Z like headlines on those magazines. Did y'all catch that? Did it say no, Gen X? Maybe no Gen X. That's what it is. 
Sorry. I was like, Gen Z, <laughs> 20 years too soon. No, like, no, it's all Gen X. I mean, how do they know? Because time That's passes so and eventually letter, you go down the Letter generations, <laughs> I confuse that. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Um, But yeah, wait, yeah, they wait, did wait. that whole, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just trying to make the point of what the AV article said. Oh, sorry. Please. <laughs> no, it's all okay. It's, but like all, all of this, all of these like things are so different now. Right. And Casey even says like, wow, everything's so different now, but it's not. And the East, it's not an Easter egg, but in the background, while he says everything is so different now, the same fuckers who were fucking with him at the beginning of the movie and smashing his balls into a pole are doing that to somebody else. And so the idea, yeah, literally right behind them. So the idea is like, they think that they've like beat the system, that they're outside of these tropes, but they've just taken on different roles within the high school. They're still part of all the stereotypes. They're still part of like, like the way that the world works within the high school hierarchy and nothing's actually changed. changed. They're not actually as subversive as they think they are. And I was like, oh, wow, a smart thing. Cool. I had no thoughts during this film, but good job, no AV thoughts, class. <laughs> it is interesting though, because um, you kind of get these hints earlier on that the characters are not how they portray themselves to be like right off the bat Stan is like I want to quit the football team right off the bat Zeke is like actually I'm smart in class to the degree that Famke Jensen is intimidated by me although maybe she's just turned on in hindsight who knows um Delilah has her whole nerdy transformation when she's trying to be undercover uh obviously Stokely is faking being a lesbian to be scary I don't know um and going through this experience um I think the argument is as as Mary Beth Louise Hutchinson presents it which is like this allows you to aren't you tired of being somebody you're not like aren't you tired of pretending to be something you're not becoming part of this will let you be who you want to be it unlocks your inhibitions which is why the teachers keep stabbing the principal and being like I always wanted to stab the principal um but that's why I think it's a really compelling argument to to say that um Delilah's infection came right after Salma Hayek was attacked and they couldn't find her because the the next day she comes to school dressed down in her glasses and stuff like that um and so that's kind of a, a point of transformation she says it's because she's incognito and doesn't want to be recognized as though a ponytail and glasses would throw anybody off the scent although I guess that is a thesis point in movies like she's all that so who knows um but that's you can kind of say like is that who she really wanted to be as well she's with like the nerd Casey at the end of the movie um she she in the beginning is static it's almost like in society um with Billy and and his girlfriend you know what I mean where she's like he he's asking her to be there for her and she's saying we have only ever had this shallow relationship and now you're not even being nice to me um it's Delilah was dating this man who man this boy who was the captain of the football team because she was the head cheerleader and that's what you're supposed to do and the second that he wasn't that thing anymore she was like this no longer fits my image you're out of my life um and so you see she's like actively chasing this image and so so I do think that is is interesting that it kind of like unlocked within them their ability 
to be who they want to be. That said, uh, Delilah is a lesbian and she should have been a lesbian at the end. Not them being like, this character we explicitly told you is a lesbian is not a lesbian and she's going to make out with this boy. This character who has great subtext for being a lesbian, also not a lesbian, going to make out with a different boy. And this very sexy teacher who is a teacher is also going to be making out with a boy. So, so straight enough. No, There's thank so, you. Okay, so we're on how it could be gay or now, right? Okay. Yes, I've, I've transitioned into that <laughs> because be. I could not stop myself from touching on those points this whole movie. It is so obvious to me with Delilah, she should be a lesbian. They promised me a should. lesbian. Where is she? Also, Stokely should be a fucking lesbian. My God. sexual. There's space yeah. for that. You know what I yeah. mean? I just... That whole that whole plot point of her like being lesbian to keep people away was just like <laughs> so fucked up. I was like, well, what the fuck is going on? But I mean, uh, creative. I haven't seen that necessarily before, so that's well, cool. I hope to I guess. never see it again. I <laughs> know. Yeah, I really don't want to see it again unless I rewatch this movie, which I will. Uh, right, and then I'll <laughs> see it again. Movie- <laughs> Does not get a pass because I am furious with undelivered promises. Um, <laughs> but it also is funny. And I and I also do think Mary Beth extremely gay. You know what I mean? She's oh, yeah. she's pansexual um in the sense that she's somebody who would pick that specific uh label that means means yeah. the same thing as bisexuality, but people attach like different vibes to it. Um, well, the vibes are she's pansexual because like pansexual is like not having to do with gender right more it's more like just like the person and that makes sense because she is an alien and so therefore aliens are on the table too and they might be beyond gender and therefore makes sense pan (laughs) yeah I mean I think um the the pansexual bisexual discourse is a much larger conversation than we could ever have you know it's going to be different for everybody but the 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 universality of the vibes of it all is very much like I could be any gender and anyone could be any gender and I just see their soul which is what she as a little alien is doing sneaking into their brains and seeing what they really want to do and she if you ask me is in love with both Stokely and Zeke um so so frankly that is very gay of her the scene right before she reveals that she's the big bad um she's very close to Stokely's face and I was Mm -hmm. like Oh, just get a and she goes over to Stokely at the beginning and they have that whole dialogue where she's like what are you reading oh you're a science fiction person oh I'm feeling alien myself let me just introduce myself so much and and Stokely keeps going like oh no shit you're new here like why do you want to know my name like why are you talking to me um but she's so insistent um and and Stokely's presenting very queer and then Delilah comes over and goes she's a violent lesbian and Mary Beth is kind of like that's fine with me um and and I think that is also very gay of her as well that's why I came over here because she's violently lesbian (laughs) yeah that's why I came and sat at this seat do you think that I don't know (laughs) I certainly know the vibes are here but they're fake, apparently. Oh, whatever. They're fake, but but Stokely's is bisexual and she will um she'll she figure was, it out. She's yeah, going to she'll she'll get soon. there in time. Yeah, she's going to college soon. It'll be fine. But There's okay, not a straight so, woman in this movie. <laughs> no. But okay, so where would our, our boy Matthew Lillard fit into this? And he it, it, he's right on theme. I don't think he w- could have been in this or it would have become a scream movie, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, no. I've got a great, 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 great oh, spot where, 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 for where, where, him. Where, where. Okay. Where? 
So there is a scene in the locker room right before Stan goes and takes a shower. And mm-hmm. Elijah Wood is like in the locker room and you see Usher and a guy wearing the mascot mask. And he like briefly takes off the mascot mask. And I think that could have been Matthew Lillard. He like says no words, though. but it would have just been like a fun little nod. <laughs> that would have been great. Or and Jess. also they could have been like cameo by Matthew Lillard. And then maybe more people would have seen this movie and it would have gotten a little bit more shine in 98. <laughs> That's an iconic idea. And I won't, I don't need to entertain any others, frankly. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's the perfect (laughs) spot. It's the only place. the only place he could go. Or like he voices all of the worms. Not that they made any noise, but if they did, (laughs) it's just him being like, or whatever. I'd like that too. (laughs) Okay. The dumb bitch, the dumb bitch. Everybody's pretty, does some dumb shit in this movie, but who is the dumbest of them all? (laughs) It's hard. It is hard because it almost feels like um, any anyone who's one of our core group of teens is not a dumb bitch because they're doing a pretty good job. And anyone who is yes. not in our core group of teens, you see being themselves for such a short period of time that um, it's not enough to evaluate really if they're a dumb bitch Ooh. for the most part. But I do think Casey's parents are good nominees because not only they do, do they so. immediately turn on their son without being infected yet, presumably at that point in the film, they just turn on him and don't trust him, even though he seems like a nice, good boy who behaves well for the most part. Um, but they also explicitly uh, confiscate his porno mags from underneath his mattress. And I just think that's unfair and too far very unfair and I was also just shocked that even if they know about his porno that as parents they would acknowledge the fact that he has it like (laughs) that's that's bold that's bold to acknowledge that it's there um also the fact they call it porno uh it's just like so (laughs) cringy to me I would like to nominate and this is like he didn't do anything that bad but I would like to nominate the alcoholic school teacher who um just not be around children uh even before teachers here who should Mm -hmm. not be around the the nurse who is actively sick the football coach who is abusive this drunk teacher who is drunk um how dare you speak ill of salma hayek she can do whatever she wants and here's the thing (laughs) she also had a pill problem too Oh yeah! Like flat out acknowledge that she's ill and has a pill addiction. She was like, "There aren't enough pills for this," or something like that. And I was like, "Oh my god!" The thing is that drugs are good in this movie, so that's that's no no reason to disqualify her. Um, but but yeah, Famke Johnson also actively trying to fuck her students. You know what I mean? Um, and. And say what you will about the sexy principal um, and the way that fed, like funding works at the school, whether it's um, state, local, federal, whatever, uh, specific grants, donations. Her frustrated hands are tied, okay? Her frustrated hands are tied as they set off huge fireworks in the middle of the football game, but are not allowed to turn on the AC because it will run up the bill. It'd be like that sometime. I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you. I think that the, the, the dumbest bitch of them all is the parents, a collab of the parents. Um, also, I just really love the actor who plays that the dad. I don't know what else he's in. Scooter Happy Heaven. Yeah. yeah. You guys talked at the same time. So it was unintelligible <laughs> to me. What did you say? 
He plays a uh, Scooter McGavin from Chelsea. Happy Gilmore. Oh, I haven't seen Happy Gilmore. You've never so seen Happy what? Gilmore. I've oh never seen God. Happy Gilmore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll put it. I'm putting it on my list. I just saw Big Lebowski. I'm finally seeing movies that are good and important. So here we go. Well, I don't know that I would say that Happy Gilmore is important, but um, it oh, is. I, just, I feel like it was important to my childhood. <laughs> but anyway. I just, he always looks evil to me, like, no matter what. He just has, like, one of those faces. And, um... He just so has one of those faces? He has one of those faces that just looks evil. Just really evil, you know? How some people just have faces like that? Just have bad faces. <laughs> Did you come in here to grab underwear? Yeah, my camera made underwear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> leave this in, Sydney. The people need to hear. <laughs> he's picking... No, you know what he's doing? Uh, this we do have to leave this in he's he's picking up uh his bee underwear because we're going to see candy man later today and i told him that he has to wear his bee underwear for us to go see candy man like, <laughs> we love a theme beautiful beautiful okay well Let's take ourselves to our knives out of fives because like, as we've said already, we know that this movie didn't do as hot as, you know, the cast or the crew or Robert Rodriguez thought it was going to go. So what, what did the, what did the world at large think? Um, they didn't love it. It, it did not do as poorly as some of our movies have done. Cause some of our movies have had some truly, truly abysmal scores. Um, but this movie got a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, which has been pretty par for the course, um, with, with other films that we've talked about, but on Rotten Tomatoes, unfortunately, um, it got 55%, which is rotten from critics and Audience on the exact same page, also 55% run from audiences. Wow. These closed-minded motherfuckers. I just <laughs> can't believe it. Maybe um, they I were just, all equally disappointed about the lack of lesbians. You know, maybe that was the main yeah. takeaway for them too. Let's not discount their their perspective. No, okay, I understand. There are definitely some huge issues with this movie. They're like the this fucked up. The les all the lesbian parts are very fucked up. Um, at least they're talking about gay people, though. That's exciting, but in a bad way. So it's not good. <laughs> Wait, do you know it would have been an interesting moment that this film could have been gayer? Um, if the alien unlocks like who you really want to be inside of you there should have been a character who transitioned you know what I mean who was like oh this is my moment where I can be who I want to be and they transitioned that would have been cool it never would have happened in 1998 but yeah I feel like that would have been nice you know I feel like that would have made I don't know. That would have made would not have gone over. They couldn't have communicated. No, it but nicely. the, the sinisterness of the parasite would have been subdued by the fact that it like actually does like make you live your best life and exactly the way that you want to be. You know what I know with 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 no inhibitions. I feel like you it would make it like actually a really well. good thing. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to the our reviews. Yes, um, sorry to segment jump around. <laughs> It's all good. But yeah, there's a lot of issues with the movie. But that said, it's like just 
the most baffling watch ever. Like even knowing what's going to happen, because I remembered this one actually, because the not the beginning, the end I remembered. The, the beginning, no, it was like a, with brand new eyes. But um, it's just like takes so many crazy twists and turns. It's got such a star-studded cast. It's got, it's opened up my eyes to Jon Stewart, you know, in ways that I never thought they would be opened. Like it's a formative film. Um, and it's just like a fucking hoot and a holler and a laugh. And, a, and, and it's just, oh, I'm so glad it exists, even though it could have been so much fucking better if it, I, and I can't tell you exactly why, except for the lesbian part. Like there, there's something that they could have done. It just, it's just inconsistent. There's some parts that are just so fucking good. And then it's like, what is going on? Very strange. Um, but in the end, I still love this movie so much. I'm going to give it a higher score than like maybe it critically acclaimed would get. But it's about what I like. And that's what the, the Knives Out of Fives come from. It doesn't have to do with the world. So I'm going to really give about, this one. It's not really about is the movie good. It's about do I like the movie. Yeah, it's not about <laughs> if the movie is good. It's like, did this movie slap? Yeah, this movie fucking slapped, okay? Just like how House of Wax, like everyone critically pooped on it, but we think it's the greatest film ever made. This mm -hmm. is in the same This is in the same genre, same tier. The Faculty, House of Wax, double feature, that would be a great night. Um, so I'm going to give this one like a 4.6 because I fucking love it <laughs> and I can't wait to watch it again sometime soon. I want to watch this one in person with y'all. We would have so much fun. Yeah, I'll say um, when we watched it with our OG Spooky crew last year, I had absolutely no idea what to expect other than it was like an alien high school horror movie that like wanted what Scream had. Um, and and it was so much more than that because it truly is an insane film to watch. Um, and I really, really enjoyed my experience the first time around. Um, and I didn't, I didn't enjoy myself any less the second time although I think a lot of the joy the first time was in in how uh balls to the wall this movie can be at moments um and so having the surprise taken out of what's coming next is a, is a little sad that said I still very much appreciate it for what it is um I think I would probably give it like a like a four point one knives out of fives because um it simply is not not gay enough for me i get it <laughs> i'm gonna give this a 3.5 out of five mm -hmm. i don't know if it was just like the mood that i'm in but i had to watch okay. it twice and i like couldn't fully pay attention to it so like maybe it was me maybe it was the movie but like this is where I gave that same one to it follows I never have to watch it follows again but this is a 3.5 that I would re-watch in the future at some point that one was like a 3.5 like mm, slashy emoji face this is like a 3.5 like smiley emoji face yes 3.5 heart yeah yeah wink <laughs> oh so that's the faculty what a fucking wild ride um and next week we are taking a very big tonal shift this movie sydney and i have seen it before chelsea has not seen it sydney and i fucking love this movie like i am giddy like just the fact that i get to watch it this week i'm so excited it's a newer one i'm not exactly sure what year it came out but it's the autopsy of jane doe um and it's spooky as fuck like actually spooky like we're actually doing a legitimately scary movie you guys on our scary movie podcast <laughs> <laughs> um and 
if you haven't seen it yet, I don't want to say too much about it. Like going in blind is the way to go for this one too. And maybe, you know, close your eyes in case there's a spoiler in the synopsis as you pull up the movie on Netflix, but it is on Netflix. So watch it, watch it, watch it if you haven't. And then join us next week as we talk about it because, oh, it's so good. So if you liked what you heard, why not rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts? We're also on Podchaser now and you can write reviews there. So Android friends, you want to tell us that we are fun and funny? There, You have an opportunity now. Wow. Um, also, you're welcome. If you, you're welcome. <laughs> also, um, you can find us on social media at spooky underscore Tuesday. We're on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram with that handle and also spooky Tuesday pod. You can find us on Tumblr and Facebook and we're working on our letterbox. So check us out there at spooky Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Bye spookies. Spooky Tuesday was created by Monica Height, Sydney Thompson, and Chelsea Duff and edited by Sydney Thompson. Our gorgeously spooky tunes are all thanks to Tamara Simons, who you can follow on Instagram at Captain Tamara. And our podcast art is by Mary Murphy, who you can find on Instagram at the underscore moon underscore OMG. Guaranteed to jack you up. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>